I have a great guest. Her name is Nina Glass. She is the director for the um, Search and Rescue SATX here in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, they're part of the uh, the group that located. Um, she's part of the group that located uh, the vehicle uh, that contained the uh, uh, the deceased uh, Savannah um, Soto and and uh, Matthew Guerra. So, welcome to the show, Nina. How you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Thank you for having me. Oh, we're doing great. Mm -hmm. We're doing great. Um, so, just you know, before we get into this specific case and stuff, um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, about the, your group, uh, research? Uh, I'm sorry, Search and Rescue SATX. Sure. Originally in 2019, I started doing Search and Rescue to help victims, uh, families. I'm sorry, with missing loved ones. Mm -hmm. um, for two years, I did it with a different group of people. And then I branched off on my own, started my own nonprofit, made an incorporation, and that that's how we got Search and Rescue SATX. Nice, nice. And you, you've worked on a few um, local cases and some across Texas uh, of missing persons. Um, what are some of the most, you know, probably more recognizable uh, missing persons cases that you've worked on? Um, I worked on Andrew McDonald here in San Antonio, Texas. Um, I worked on Cecilia Huerta Gallegos here in San Antonio, Texas. Um, there was two autistic children that came up missing or young adults in January in Spring Branch. I worked on that one. Um, Kaylana Turner, north of Houston, we went and did that one in June. Mm -hmm. And then we decided to use our resources to try to help Savannah Soto and their family try to locate the car and find them. Right, right. And so... Um... How, when did you first find out that Savannah Soto and Matthew were, were missing? I actually came across a post on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So once I come across a post that somebody's missing, I start doing my research. Mm -hmm. I start trying to figure out what, what happened. Is it a runaway? Is it a case where, you know, they just want to be gone because they're adults or mm -hmm. anything like that? And then once I figured that out, then I dive deeper and figure out what we can do to help Gotcha. And um, so the uh, did any of the family members like reach out to you guys for assistance or did you reach out for them after, um, you know, looking into it just to kind of tell them that you'll be, you know, helping the search? I actually reached out to a gentleman by the name of Albert, who's a searcher out of Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. I saw a post that he was on his way in to come help with this case. And I reached out on the post and I said, hey, Albert, can you send me a message? You know, I have a search and rescue group here in San Antonio and we're trying to help you out. And um, Albert is the uh, he was on a uh, I, I want to say a TikTok right in front of the uh, uh, their apartment talking about uh, some of the things he had learned. Is is that accurate? Yes, is that Albert? absolutely? Yes, that's him. And, okay, and so the information that he had found out then was that anything uh, you're asking me about Albert, right? Okay, um, can you tell us about like what it was that Albert discovered about that air uh, um, about Matthew's father? I know that there was some rumors as far as like uh, what time Matthew's father went back to that apartment. If it was the night that they uh, went missing, it was uh, you know after they were you know known to have been missing. I actually don't know exactly what time the father went back to the apartment. I'm mm -hmm. not quite sure. I believe I believe it was Saturday, but I would have to confirm that with Albert. I didn't ask him for a time when we were talking. Hmm. Okay, okay, uh, but he was able to confirm that. Um, I believe it was, 
Savannah's parents who had arrived there earlier and locked up the apartment. Is that correct? Yes. And that was all Saturday because she was supposed to be induced Saturday. Right. And this is when they couldn't find them. They went to go check on them. Yes. I'm assuming. Yes. Good deal. And um, so you get your, your guys are, are, are on the case. You guys are looking for the vehicle. How, how did, how did it come across to your group where the vehicle was at? Actually, Albert was the one who told me. But the you. actual location of the vehicle came from Savannah's sister-in-law got a tip via Facebook. Oh, okay. And they headed there to the vehicle and called PD. And then from there, Albert got the information. I was already out searching for the vehicle. But I was searching for the vehicle in 78217 zip code because mm -hmm. I had gotten a tip from the night before that the vehicle was spotted in 78217. Hmm. So me and my videographer, Terry, we were out looking for the vehicle in that zip code when they found the vehicle in the medical center. So just to kind of clarify this up, uh, this was the night before the vehicle was found. Uh, somebody had said that they had seen the vehicle in in a different uh, area uh, zip code is that correct yes sir okay and so um we know so that the vehicle was right well we Sorry. know that the vehicle had been parked there for a few days isn't that correct that's what pd's suspecting but i'm not too sure about that hmm. because the tip came from a very reliable source that doesn't want to be revealed but i i believe that they were true. And you're referring the the tip of the vehicle being in the uh, uh, 78217. Yes. Okay. Yes. And we spent Tuesday out looking for the vehicle in that because it's a pretty big zip code. Mm -hmm. So Terry and I were out driving around looking parking lots, grocery stores, all kinds of areas looking for that vehicle. Um, because just, the vehicle just... was the key to everything. Right, one hundred percent. Just yeah. to clarify, uh, how far would you say that zip code seven eight two one seven is from where um, the vehicle was found in Leon Valley? Probably twelve miles, maybe. It's right, opposite so sides of San Antonio, so seven eight two one seven is the northeast side, and where the vehicle was found is the northwest side. Yeah. Hmm. And so um, this source says that they saw the vehicle. They they um, in that area, and uh, you guys were searching that area. Uh, you're saying that there was a um, a Facebook tip that led to this area. Uh, when did you arrive on the scene? By the time I arrived on the scene from the other side of San Antonio, there was police everywhere. They'd already got yeah. it roped off and everything. It took us probably a good 18 minutes to get over there. Mm -hmm. And um, from what when you got there, what point of view did you have? I know you said there was cops everywhere. Did you get were you able? How close were you able to get? Originally, when I when I got there, we were on the other side of the building from where the vehicle was found. We couldn't go um, around. We couldn't gotcha. go around the building to see when they set up the press conference and they put the mics out and everything for Chief McManus to come out. We went around that side and we could. We could see everything. Well, not everything. They had it blocked off. And uh, but how long did you stay out there? 
I didn't leave there till about 9.15. The vehicle was found about 4 o'clock. Good deal. So there's a, there's a few, like, rumors that have been kind of squirreling around that I think we you know, kind of want to uh, squash or clear up. One of them being is that the, the victims were tied up. Um, to your knowledge, from what you know from the scene, is that accurate? No. From everything that I know and everything I've been told, from everybody, everybody that was actually able to see or whatever, they weren't tied up. Hmm. Now, I can't say that that won't come out later, but everything that I know, they were. Got you. Um, there was nobody in the trunk either, right? That was another rumor that had came out that uh, someone was in the trunk. Now, I was saying that originally because that's originally what I was told by a family member. But gotcha. that's from what I understand, that's not accurate. That is not accurate. Okay. Yes. Um, I, I believe on, on social media, there was another family member uh, that claimed that Matthew was tortured and he didn't have his pants on. To your knowledge, is any of that accurate? From what I understand and what I was told from from what happened, he did have his pants on. They were down a little bit, but he did have his pants on. And to me, I think of it like, you know, these younger kids these days, they sag their pants. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the way I took it. And and he was in the back seat and she was in the front seat. Is that accurate? That's what they're saying, yes. Um now I know that's actually person... Oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Sorry. No, I mean I believe that. Part of that is true. I mean, the, the, the front seat could have been all the way down. He, he's very tall. Matthew mm -hmm. was very tall. So I don't know if they were able, whoever did this, whoever's responsible for this was able to get him all the way in the back seat or not because he's tall. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, I still have, I'm still waiting to hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the whole torture thing um, and or the tied up stuff didn't didn't make sense to me. The reason why it didn't make sense to me is because uh, Chief McManus was still considering the possibility that it was a suicide and or a suicide murder, a murder suicide. I'm sorry. And, you know, if you if you walk up upon a scene and some and, two, and the two victims are tied up, I'm not sure how that's going to you know, you're going to say that there's any way that that's possible. Mm -hmm. And or if, you know, one of them is tortured, you know what I'm saying? So those two things don't right. make sense to me. So. um you know, another couple of things that didn't make sense, and, and uh, I'm I'm hoping you can clarify. I know it came out okay. on the news earlier uh, that we had seen some glass broken. Um, the police had to break the glass to make entry into the vehicle. Is that correct? I believe so. I can't completely confirm that, but that's okay. what I was told. I was told there was no keys and um, no gun in the vehicle. No keys and no gun. And that was something that I thought as well, because we saw the drag marks from the um, what do you call it? The uh, the vehicle. Uh, and I was like, if they have the keys, you know, and they're dragging it to tow it, they wouldn't need to. So uh, that's kind of what I had thought. I was there yeah. when the tow truck came and I kind of was like, OK, well, they're probably going to have to drag it. Mm -hmm. Hold on. Then. So but. Because do you you don't know if if you know when the person that discovered the vehicle if they saw if any of the windows had been broken before anybody arrived? That I don't know. 
because I don't even know exactly who submitted the Facebook tip to the sister-in-law. Gotcha. All right. Um, I want to pull up this video because, you know, I was, I got to find it first. Let me see. Here it is. So here's the video from the, uh, the surveillance here. And I, and I went out there today and I did confirm that this is in the back of the, uh, the complex there. There's actually several cameras in that area uh, that would have captured these two vehicles uh, entering and, you know, leaving this area. But um, this is uh, the Silverado that is pulling up. Right. So one thing that that bugged me about this is when they open the door uh, to the the Kia, there's a reflection right there on the door. Let me see if I can make this bigger. So let me rewind that a little bit. I want to see if I can stop it. There, you you see this reflection? It's it's very bright compared yeah. to everything else. You know, I, I was just kind of thinking maybe perhaps that's a piece of um, the tent holding shattered glass down. It very well could be. You know, because that that I kept thinking about it ever since I saw this. I was like. Mm. You know, this looks very like, like it's it's reflecting and it's reflecting brighter than any other part. And it's right underneath where the window frame would have been. And, you know, that would tell me that I would think that maybe perhaps, the, you know, if this is, you know, somebody taking their lives, that they may have been behind them in the back seat, and he may have been driving. And um, that's a great possibility. And and one shot went out the direction towards towards this, and it hit that window because I see this this reflection there. It, it, it's really reflective. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. Like, I think it's glass. What do you think, Timer? Um, I was thinking maybe it could have been also. You know how the handles of the car sometimes have the little light. Mm hmm. But I think it looks a little bit too low. Yeah. And, and I don't think it will, only one will light up. I think all of them will light up if you open the door. Yeah. Correct. If it's those that you're talking about, I mean, all of them light up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it does also look too low. It could be that, like you said, Danny, that the glass was shattered and this, the tent, but where, what light, what is he using for, you know, for the reflection? What light? Um, it's probably one of the lines from the, the house, house behind it. Yeah. Yeah. But as you can see, like that light is hitting the rest of the car. The rest of the car isn't reflective like that, you know, on that opposite side of where the light is coming from, where this angle of the camera is. Mm -hmm. it, that is extremely reflective. And I and it was bothering me, you know, the whole freaking night last night. I was like, why is this so reflective? And, and then I thought to myself, well, maybe, you know, this car does seem to have tint. If you have a tinted vehicle and and glass shatters or breaks, uh, there's a good possibility uh, that it would hang out over, and and uh, maybe that's what they're seeing, and maybe that's what they're wiping off, like the glass and stuff around it. I don't know. In the in the beginning of the video, um, you I remember you telling me that there's uh, like signal lights or almost emergency lights turn on. 
Yeah, he turns his signal light on. I'm assuming that's to alert uh, mm-hmm. the guy that that's them. Okay. Yeah, because I thought maybe they, they were trying to turn off the lights and they didn't know what they were doing since they don't know the vehicle. Exactly. So this person, whoever this is, doesn't know who the owner of this vehicle is. Right? So they right. only know who the driver is. So that leads me also to believe more than likely that. Because to me, I don't think that this was premeditated. Um, this guy here, he gets out. I mean, what I, what I mean by premeditated, I don't think it was like planned prior to it, it happening. And right. I, because this guy here, when he gets out, he's like in pajamas. Uh, he's got a tank top and shorts on. It's December. You know, you know, this was probably early in the morning. Uh, if that ends up being the case, then, you know, I think he was woken up. Yeah, there's just something really reflective there. There is. There is. Hmm. So, um, you know, so the vehicle ends up getting towed. Um, we see a lot of this stuff going on. I think that they're going to end up finding DNA and uh, probably some fingerprints and stuff uh, on this vehicle. Uh, you, you, That's what I'm and, hoping and, for. Yeah. And I know there's been a lot of rumors here of recent that there's been a few people that have been arrested. Uh, I know that that there has been some few people arrested, but they've been arrested for other crimes. Not Not just for... It's not for for this crime. I think there was one guy that got arrested for like a kidnapping and murder. But I think that was a um, a guy that I guess he knocked on a door somewhere and he yeah. um, he ended up uh, telling somebody he needed help and then kidnapping that lady and then taking her life. So well, they yeah, thought that she was the boyfriend of the young girl that came across TikTok and was saying that her and her baby daddy had issues with. Savannah and Matthew. Mm. They thought that was him, but upon me further investigating today, I figured out, got the mug shot and everything, and figured out that it wasn't him. Yeah. Yeah. What were we going to say, Jaime? In that last clip, you can see that the window's still intact. Let's see. From the, from, the, from, the, from the tent, you can see the the door for the truck, once it's closed, it becomes a little bit brighter. Did I already pass that? No, right there. See, right yeah, there, yeah. against his white shirt. Yeah, the the once he walks intact. past the door frame. Yep, look right there. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then once he closes it, you can also see it, like, you know. The, the door and the tent. I wonder what this thing is then. That's that's. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. That's so. I mean, maybe 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 the uh, the mirror was broke. It could be the mirror hanging. Doesn't look like it either. It might, yes. Do you think it might be another car? Maybe with backup lights, reversing out of one of those. Um. Uh, Parking spaces or something, or even by driving by. Maybe, but why isn't it reflecting on the truck too? 
Yeah. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't either. Gonna, I don't know. What it's going to bother me now that I know that it's not the window. Uh, and you know what? Yeah. At two o'clock in the morning, you'll figure it out. You'll wake up straight out of your sleep. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's it's definitely a reflection of something. I just don't understand why it's not, um, you know, all over the place on that and, and why just that one specific area. I think it could be the the reverse mirror, maybe a fallen. Um, you know, they don't. The other thing is they don't tell us when that video was taken. Yeah, that was my point that I was going to tell you. We don't know what day that was, what time it yeah. was. Yeah, it would make a big difference. Real big difference. It would make a huge difference if we knew if that yeah. car had been sitting there since Saturday, or had that car just been dropped off on Christmas, or when? When was that car dropped off there? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I think he told me that. Um, uh, the boyfriend was uh, pretty tall, right? Yes. Uh, how, do you know how tall he was? I want to say an estimate between six two and six four. I'm not positive, but okay. I've got a I've got a really tall son. Hmm. I'm pretty. I'm five nine. So I mean, I was looking so, at him and looking at her, and she's five two, and looking at him compared to her. Yeah. So. So he's about my. So, like, if anybody else, anybody shorter than him drove that car, then they, they must have moved that seat forward, right? They would have because, to. I mean, I'm assuming because when my son gets in, well, not in my truck, but in my daughter's car, my mm-hmm. son drives back. Like, he's back pretty far because mm-hmm. he's 6'4". Yeah. You know, the, saying, the bottom of the seat is back, and then the back of the seat is back. Yeah. So, I'm saying, like, if... They wiped down this car. That's probably a place that they would, you know, should look at where they move the, the seat forward and backwards. Right. They'll probably forget. I would hope. To I, mean, that I would hope they do. I would hope they look at that. Hmm. So I, I remember a case where um, they didn't know who, you know, to uh, to the like. I think it was uh, two people uh, as well, and they noticed that. They wiped down everything except they forgot to wipe down the rear mirror where he moved it. And he left his fingerprints on, on that and they caught him because of that. Gotcha. One I mean, that's a good place though. A lot of criminals don't think about the mirrors, the seat controls, the you know, the if the if the key's there, you know, like you put your hand on a key and you put it in the ignition to turn it. They don't think about those kind of things. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, kind of backtrack to the to the house, the apartment. Uh, Savannah's mom goes to the apartment. Is there anything in the apartment left behind, like phones, purse? From what I understand, her purse and her hospital bag were left behind. Hmm. But they did say neither phone was found. Neither phone was found. That says something. You know, because, I mean, well, yeah, I, I guess. I, I just have this idea. I don't want to put it out there yet just because, um, you know, and, and I've spoken to you about what I think might yeah. be going on. Um, and I can see why, you know, I was thinking to myself, why would they take the phones in that situation? And then I, I think I connected the dots there. Um, but I, I don't have any. That's just my speculation. So I'm not going to put it out there. Um, 
I mean, I'm still kind of, I'm, I'm going to stay on the fence until we get some more information from PD. And that's part of kind of what I do with my search and rescue group. I mean, there was three victims. We're here to help all three of them, not just her and the baby. We're here for Matthew's family too. And they all know that. So until we get concrete evidence, uh, anything can be speculated. Anything. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, we know a lot about speculation <laughs> in cases. Um, it, unfortunately so i had a yeah you got to kind of look at it with rose colored glasses until we can get the truth that's what i'm wearing uh <laughs> canadian true crime buff gifted five drunk uh turkey show memberships thank you so much canadian true crime buff we appreciate that uh, karen asked a question she said what does everybody think about the um about the guy at the memorial looking like the guy in the truck uh, i i got that guy's picture let me pull it up real quick yeah, I don't know. Hold on one second. There it is. So this is the guy that was at at the memorial. Uh, I believe that the memorial was uh, done um, before or as the uh, that video surveillance was being released. Um, that video surveillance was kind of released during the memorial, if I'm not mistaken. I wasn't at, I didn't get to go to the memorial, but mm -hmm. from what I heard, it was kind of at the same time. Gotcha. What do you guys think? Do you guys think that there's a, uh, there's a uh, resemblance here? Well, I mean, even if there is like not knowing when that video was taken really doesn't that hurts us. Yeah. That doesn't say anything. <laughs> if it is, if it's not, we don't know. And if it is, it doesn't really, like I said, it doesn't really matter because we got to know exactly when that video was taken. Then if yeah. we know that, then you can actually piece it together and see, oh, okay, he was one of the last persons to actually see this, the other victims alive. Right. I don't want to single anybody out just from a picture from a memorial. Yeah. I think that there's a lot more that they, we need to have behind that before we can say, here, SAPD, why don't you go check him out? Oh, yeah. And, you know, one of the things that they probably were doing was checking out everybody that was there. It's oh, a yeah, tactic most for, for law enforcement that they're going to go out there and and try to see if anybody did show up. Because in certain cases, in certain situations, that, that has happened. That has occurred. Um, it see. happens a lot, actually, more than everybody thinks about. The actual killer comes to the services. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh I don't know if it's the same guy though. Um, that guy has long hair, and I don't. I can't tell if that dude in that video has long hair. I don't think so. So it's. I, I tried to tell. I tried to blow the video up. I tried to do everything I could, and I couldn't tell if he had long hair or not. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't tell either. Uh, let me. Um. <clears throat> so, what do you think about this area uh, where the vehicle was found? Do you think that the suspects are familiar with that area? Do you think they they've been there before? What, what are yes. your thoughts on that? Yes. I always tend to err on the side of when a suspect leaves a body somewhere, it's familiar to them. It's mm -hmm. a familiar area. And those apartments, honestly, are pretty sketchy. I yeah. talked to a couple of men, uh, residents of that apartment complex that night I was there. There was a shooting in the breezeway not too long ago. There was a police chase coming through there. It's kind of, um, what did she tell me? We can hear gunshots and we don't even go outside and look. Oh, wow. 
Wow. So it, it's just one of those areas where people have tough skin. They have tough skin. And they're like, if it's not at my door and it's not coming in my apartment, I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah they, yeah, they keep to their own because they're afraid yes. that they might, might retaliate, might be retaliation Absolutely. towards them. So and that, that, that sucks, you know, because it kind of hinders the, you know, the law enforcement to find this, the suspect or at least details, I mean, it, other details. It hinders us as well, you know, like as mm-hmm. a search and rescue group. Exactly. If somebody's run off or somebody's left and you don't want to say you saw them leave, well, mm-hmm. I kind of need to know when the last time they were seeing my a person or a yeah, video exactly. camera, a ring doorbell. But a lot of people these days have that, well, I didn't see anything. It's not my business. But what if, what if it's their family member? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be they'll be screaming from the rooftops, man. Exactly. Uh, I will say this. I drove the area here and um there are a lot of surveillance cameras in this area. A lot. I saw multiple houses in this area. I'm sure they did a video canvas or you know or a canvas for the area to collect some of this footage. I'm not going to point out which houses because I don't want anybody to go and and bother right. anybody else. Um but there are a ton of surveillance cameras that would have caught a lot of things. I mean, they're going to catch which way the vehicles were traveling, you know, and, you know, depending on what day and time it is, I'm hoping that the uh, footage that they released has a timestamp on it. But if this was, you know, early hours, uh, the last time they were seen, then, and, and they're coming from, you know, the opposite direction. I mean, that tells you that they just came from committing the crime. I mean, well, let me ask you that. You think that um, Savannah and, and Matthew are, are deceased in the car at that time when the surveillance video was released? The one that we just saw with the black truck? Yeah. Yes, I do. Okay. And um, Because knowing what I've heard about Savannah and what I've researched about Savannah, that car was stopped. If she was still alive, why wouldn't she jump out of that car and scream? Yeah. She wanted that baby. I mean, she it's been known on everything that she could not wait to have baby Fabian. Hmm. It's sad. Very sad. Well, is there uh is there anything that you think you can uh any other rumors that you've heard that you think you can kind of clarify or, or want to bring up? I think you guys did a good job on all the rumors. I haven't really been trying to listen to all the rumors per se. I've been um, with my group, with my partners, and we've been diving further into investigations and trying to figure out, we're trying to get the video sharpened up. We're trying to do anything we can to aid uh, PD um, in finding these guys because something needs, they need to be arrested. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, oh. How big is your um, team? My team, the core team that I have is probably about 15, 20 people. Oh, okay. okay. But we we range as far as members in our group, like on Facebook itself, like 4,000. Oh, okay. Do do you usually do like suburbs searches or you all go rural and everything like that? We've done all of it. We've done all of it. Like I said, we've been to Houston. We've been to Austin. 
We've been mm -hmm. south of San Antonio. We've been to um, Lakey, Texas. We've been to basically what it is is whoever reaches out and needs our services or if we see that somebody's missing and they need our services because we don't work mm -hmm. for PD. We work for the families. Yeah, yeah. Our nonprofit is all, and that's the reason why I did what I did, is we are here for the families. Okay. We, we have worked. Just... Go ahead. When I say we've worked with PD, we have worked with SAPD and Bear County Sheriff's, but they don't call us out. The family does. Okay. When, whenever you see a, a, like a missing persons um, post and everything like that, is there like a certain criteria you have to go through? in order for you to, you know, help out? The biggest thing is we look at it as far, the biggest thing we can't do is runaways. Let me say that. So I do call the family of a runaway. I assist them in any way possible to get their child's information out there and let them know what their options are and what they can and cannot do. As far as me building a search party to go look for a runaway, mm. that's really hard for me to do because they're at somebody's house. They ran away. Yeah. There's yeah. no real criteria if it's a true missing person. I don't have a criteria. If it's a missing person and the family needs help, we're there to help. We don't charge anybody. We don't do anything. We get our we get our funds from our own pockets or fundraising. Hmm. That's good. Good to know. That's great stuff. And um, you know, when is the um for, for you guys, when is the job done? Is it when there's an arrest? Is it when the vehicle is found? Uh, how, how long do you guys continue with the case? Uh, maybe so, not this one in particular, but just in general. I actually still talk to families of people we found two years ago. Oh, nice. I'll check on them. Um, we, do, we can do aftercare services if the family needs a, a meal train. You know, you just, somebody's deceased or something like this, and, and you know they're not worried about eating, but you know they need to eat. We'll put together a meal train for the family where somebody can go on the, the app, buy them a meal and have it delivered to their house on a certain day. Without that person even knowing where the house is or anything, it all goes through this app. Um, we will do vigils. We've planned vigils before for families. We've gone to services for families. We're here if a family just says, hey, you know, can we talk? Yeah, I'm here. It doesn't matter what time they call me. I'm here. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, <clears throat> And so I know you had said that you guys gone a lot of places. What type of equipment do you guys have and, and type of like, I know you said you had some drones. Uh, we have two underwater drones. Uh -huh. We have two underwater drones that were donated for use with our search and rescue group by a wonderful guy named Jason. Um, they, he names them and I can't ever remember their names, but they are used. They can go up to 300 foot below water. And they have cameras on them and you use it on an iPad and you can search the whole entire, it's, it's better than sending a diver down there. A diver has to take a break every so often. Mm -hmm. The drone only has to take a break every six hours to get charged. And that's why he has two of them. Okay. One of them has a hand on the front. So just say we found somebody in, deceased in some water. He'll send down the drone with the hand on the front. That drone will attach a diver's flag to that person will deploy the flag and then we'll call PD so they can do their job. Oh, wow. And um, how many times have you guys used that? This year alone, we've used the drones. I, I want to say like 
four or five times. Yeah, four or five that's times. Awesome and then, no, they're really nice. And Jason spent a lot of money on them. And for him to, to donate them to our organization for use was phenomenal. Phenomenal. We're one of the only search and rescue organizations that I know of in the state of Texas that has those drones. Wow. We have access to a canine dog. Um, we just got a new canine person came on and we have access to a canine. Um, we used to have one, but we don't, it's not the same partnership anymore. Um, mm -hmm. The canine, the drones, we have an RV for traveling. Jason has a drivable RV that we use. We used it when we went to Humble looking for Kale on a Turner. Um, because we don't expect the family to pay for anything. Yeah. We want to just be able to fundraise, go help the family. And then, you know, we're done when we're done. Do you, do y'all own, um, like the uh, air drones with like different types we of have one. Uh, like beer? We have one air drone. It's not, um, it's not like a super high tech drone. Mm -hmm. um, we're looking into, I've been talking to some people out of Houston that it's like a drone club or something. And they're going to, we're trying to partner, make some more networking events and partnership up with other people, other resources that can help us. You know, they were saying we might need your water drones and then you could come help us and then we can help you with our air drones. That's, that's, that's crazy. That's, that's awesome. Considering knowing that your organization is, Helping other organizations, then you can go back and forth with different ones from different states as well. We're very open to helping anybody. If anybody's organization would call today, Jason would say, Nina, we need to go here and we need to go look for so and so. We have a call out of Ohio right now. We're waiting until the missing person's been gone for a couple of years, but the mm -hmm. family's pretty sure that it's in a, that person is in a body of water. Well, right now we all know Ohio is like a frozen tundra. Yeah. So the mother that called us has agreed for us to wait until spring, spring thaw or whatever, and we're gonna take the RV and we're gonna head to Ohio. We'll spend three, four, five days up there helping her, trying to find her. I think it's her daughter, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. That's sad. We just Especially, do what we can, you know. Yeah. And and like. I mean, are there situations where you're going and how do you handle those situations if there are, has been where you know that you're you're probably looking for somebody who has passed and not somebody who's no longer alive? Uh, how do you handle so those when, situations with the family? When I do the interview with the family, I'm one of those people who believes in compassion and caring, but also being very transparent. Mm -hmm. So I let the family know this could go one of two ways. We could either find the person that we're looking for and bring them back to be in your life again, or we could find the person not here anymore and we can bring them back for you to take care of their last, you know, their last um, wishes or whatever. Either way, we're going to bring you your loved one back to you. Yeah. And I have yeah, to I mean, be honest because in some of these cases we get called on, it's been days or months or years or, but we're still willing to help. It doesn't matter how big the case is, how small it is. Like Savannah, hers got a lot of social media traction on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. But the first day I started looking at it, she didn't have a lot of media traction. Mm -hmm. But it didn't matter. We were going to do what we could anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, 
that's very uh that's awesome of you guys you know and you guys getting out there and getting it going um man you guys do some great work uh we look forward to having you guys on and and uh talking about more of the stuff that you guys are going to be doing and and looking at um anybody else and, and bringing attention to you know those cases because you know perhaps if you know this got media attention earlier maybe this car's found earlier and um I'm not saying that it would have a different outcome, obviously not, but maybe perhaps be a little bit closer to capturing somebody at this point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And when they said that the car was gone and the car was missing, the problem we had originally was we had a paper plate. We didn't have the actual plate, um, plate numbers. So I guess the family had called the dealership that they got the car at. And it finally came back to the family Tuesday morning that there was Texas plates on that car. So that, that vehicle so we was were out there re- recently purchased? Yes. We were out there looking for a vehicle that had paper plates that were supposed to expire on January 4th. Hmm. Well. Hmm. So little details make a huge difference yeah. in how quickly we can help them. Yeah. And, and anybody that brings us a case, I always tell them, start from the day they, the day before they went missing and start telling me everything that happened. I don't care if you're going to tell me that they drank two sodas. Because when you're talking about it, you're going to remember more things. And those things are like pieces of a puzzle that I put together and create the plan to go look for your loved one. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, every, every small little detail could be a clue matters yep do you know where they purchased that vehicle from i do not i did not ask what what um dealership it came from at first everybody was telling them to go look and see if they had a tracker on it because it was a 2013 yeah and apparently it came it came back that it didn't have a tracker that was i want to say sunday i believe and then Mm. tuesday is when they got the plate number tuesday morning Gotcha. Yeah, that's what I was wondering if they had a tracker given the, you know, it's 2013 that was recently sold, um, you know, unless it was purchased cash, uh, you know, usually and typically, you know, lenders will, um, if you're want lending for something that old, yeah, they want a tracker on it. Uh, right. That's interesting. Um, but then again, uh, there were several pictures of him with wads of cash and he may have purchased it with cash. Absolutely. Um, and so, um, do you got anything, Jaime? We're getting pretty close to that hour mark. Um, um, no, well, when it comes down to this case, the thing is that you know, usually it always goes down to the you know, significant other at the time, right? It usually mm-hmm. starts off like that, and people tend to you know, look back at his past and they kind of start blaming people that are not supposed to be blamed. And now that we're seeing all the some of the details coming out, and we have a bigger picture of what we should be expecting, or at least hoping that there'll be some arrest made. I mean, we start out when I, and I'm gonna be honest with you, when I start out with a case, I check backgrounds on anybody that has that you know, if it's a if it's a missing wife, I'm gonna check her background and I'm gonna check his background. Mm-hmm. because our group does deal with a lot of domestic violence victims. Mm-hmm. We have dealt with that a lot. 
So I'm going to make sure I'm going to check everybody's background so that everybody in my core group knows, hey, this mm -hmm. person's violent or this person's not or this person's this, you know, and I originally checked Matthew's background and was like, wow, this could be another DV situation. Mm -hmm. But then I got more into it, more into researching his social media and all his different things that he was doing and pictures I was finding and posts people were sending me and all kinds of stuff like that. And I was like, okay, well, we got a fence here and I'm going to stay on the side of the fence. It's going to be domestic violence or it's going to be in his dealing set, his, his background, you know, his lifestyle. Yeah. Right. So, and that's kind of, I, I'm just going to stay there for right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, until somebody's arrested and we see why or what, you know, if it's, uh, you know, capital murder, you know, that's going to tell us something. If it's, you know, um, assisting in something else, you know, that's going to tell us more. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Um, Dilly Pickles asks, where can, where can donations be made to you guys, to your nonprofit? For our group, we have, yeah. um, we have Cash App, which is Search and Rescue SATX. We mm -hmm. have a GoFundMe, but that's on our group page. And then we have PayPal, which is Search and, Search and Rescue SATX. And the, is the, and the and is the symbol, right? Not the word? No, it's actually spelled out search and out. rescue and then S-A-T-S. Gotcha. There you go. You we have a group something. on Facebook. Um, our group is private. You have to ask to be a part of it because of the fact that we deal with a lot of DV situations. Um, yeah. But people are more than welcome to request to come in. There's a couple questions you need to answer, a couple criteria to get in. And that group is everything we do. Searches, fundraisers. You know, if there's missing persons, or I even post runaways constantly in that group because you never know when one of our members is going to drive by and see, oh, that kid at the bus stop was that kid I just saw on the flyer. Yeah, we have we have our TikTok page, which is search and rescue. SATX. I mean, we have a wide range of social media. Yeah. And, and you're, you're going to be coming. I know you said you have a YouTube channel that you just haven't done anything with, but you're going to be right. uh, working on that as well. Right. Yes. Yes. My daughter is my little admin wizard and she's going to start working on that for me. Good deal. Good deal. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, do you have any questions for us before we call this a show? I don't. I just really thank you guys for allowing me to come on and give you my experience on this case and other cases. And I hope it brings more awareness to San Antonio that we're here and we're here for families that have missing loved ones. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. I agree. I agree. This is a uh, sad situation all the way around, you know, regardless of um, of anything, you know, whether there was like like we mentioned, there's uh, his lifestyle may have led to something regardless of that. These were three people, three, three lives that were taken. Uh, one was an unborn child, you know, yeah, the exactly. utmost innocent per type of uh, uh, person or, or being that is out there is an unborn child. And so, um you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to the families. Uh, we're, we'll probably be back on on Monday, uh, taking some phone calls. We'll be doing that. And also, well, you know what? If, if there's breaking news, if somebody gets arrested or if there's something that does happen, I'll be jumping back on on the live throughout the weekend. Um, but with that being said, guys, I want to say thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate everybody. If you're still here and you're not subscribed, what are you doing? Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. We appreciate you guys. Oh, yeah. We're out. Peace. Thank you.